today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. We're still in the introductory verses of Paul's epistle to the Romans. And um, in verse 7, Paul addresses the believers in the church at Rome. And seeing how this became a part of the Word of God, um, I don't know if Paul realized it or not at that time, but he was actually addressing all believers for all of time. And he addresses this church because he had heard of their great faith, a faith that had been spoken of throughout the whole Roman world, as you can see there in verse 8, Romans chapter 1. Now, he didn't hear about their great faith by radio. He didn't hear it over television, the internet, Facebook. He heard about it by word of mouth. And considering they were in Rome, and at the time he was probably in the city of Corinth, according to what many Bible scholars believe at this time, it had quite a ways to travel to get from Rome to where he was. Word of mouth takes some time. And if something's not really all that important, you can imagine, well, it just kind of drops off. But uh, something that's that great being spread from there and getting to Paul in Corinth, that that speaks volumes. But he had heard about their great faith, and he thanks the Lord for their faith, for their uh, salvation, which is something all of us should do. We should thank the Lord for our own personal salvation, but any time we hear of someone else getting saved, uh, we need to thank the Lord for that as well. And we also need to pray for them, because as we stated last week, faith is going to be tried, it's going to be tested. Haven, if you will, pull it back up on the screen if you can, Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. He said, the trial of your faith is much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So faith is going to be tried. Faith is going to be tested. And that's one of the reasons why Paul was praying for these believers in Rome. And you can see that there in verse 9, Romans chapter 1, verse 9, if you'll go back to that. He said, For God is my witness, whom I serve 
with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Now, there are several things that we need to take a look at here. First of all, Paul had a strong prayer life. And you, as a child of God, it's impossible for you or anyone else, for that matter, to have a relationship with God without having a prayer life. Having a prayer time where you get along with the Lord on a daily basis, and not only just praying, but you open up His Word and read His Word as well on a daily basis. Prayer and the reading of God's Word are the two essential elements that you have to have in order to have a relationship with the Lord. If you do not have a prayer time where you pray to the Lord and just talk to Him on a daily basis and you open up His Word, you see, prayer is when we talk to the Lord. When we open up His Word, God talks to us. It's His love letter to us. It's His text message if you will, to us. He loves us, and there's things that He wants us to know. But we have to open up His Word and read it. And He speaks to us through His Word. And that develops a relationship. Let me tell you, if you do not have a prayer time, and you do not read God's Word on a daily basis, you do not have Christianity you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Actually, what you have is an affair with the great whore of religion. And you can read about that in Revelation chapter 17, and that's not a pretty picture because judgment is in your future. So you need to examine yourself. I need to examine myself. All of us need to examine ourselves and ask ourselves the question, do we have a relationship with Jesus Christ or are we having an affair with religion? So a lot of people have religion, but they don't have the relationship with the Lord as they should. And Paul had a strong prayer life. He said, God is my witness, if you'll notice there in verse 9, Romans 1, verse 9. Prayer is something that should be between you and the Lord. Now, Paul wasn't making a big to-do over his prayer life. He wasn't saying, oh, well, look at me, you know, I'm holier than you are. I pray so much every day for you, and, and look at me and all of this. He wasn't bragging about his uh, prayer life. He was doing exactly what Jesus said to do. Uh, if you'll go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Matthew 6, verse 5. Jesus said, When you pray, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, 
when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, you don't have to literally go and get in your closet at the house. If your closet's like mine at home, there ain't no way you can get in there. You'd probably kill yourself just opening the door. Or if it's like mine, if you get in there, you'll have to call 911 to come get you out. Uh, but at any rate, that was not the idea. The idea was to just get along with the Lord. Just shut out the things of the world for a few minutes and get along with Him. And spend that time alone with the Lord. You don't make a big to-do over it. And I go to the Lord in prayer. It's just between me and Him. It should be between you and the Lord. And I talk to the Lord about things that it's just between me and Him. Nobody else knows about it. And sooner or later, that for which I've talked to the Lord about, something will happen and that thing of which I've talked to the Lord about will happen. It'll come to pass. And it is a rewarding thing. There, there's no feeling in the world like it. I mean, I just got through talking to the Lord about this thing. Nobody else knew about it. And then out of the blue, here, here it comes. It unfolds. And I, I know that it was the Lord answering my prayer. It, it wasn't... Um, something where I talked to someone or coerced them to do something, uh, the Lord just moved and worked, and, and I, I see an answer to prayer, and I think you know what I'm talking about. There's nothing any more rewarding uh, than that. The Father that sees in secret will reward you openly, and that's what Paul was talking about when he said, God is my witness Paul knew that God answered prayer. If he didn't believe that God answered prayer, he wouldn't have spent so much of his time praying and seeking the Lord. I like what I heard someone say some time ago. They said, I've got so much to get done in a day's time. I have to spend three hours a day just to get it all done. Now, I want you to think about that. Now, now, that spoke volumes to me. Think about that. I've got so much to do, so much that needs to get done in a day's time. I have to spend three hours a day in prayer just to get it all done. Paul had so much to do that he prayed without ceasing. You'll also see that there in verse 9, Romans 1, verse 9. Now, how in the world can one manage to do that? Pray without ceasing. How can you do that? Well, if you look there in that verse, Paul said that he served the Lord in his spirit. In other words, his lifestyle and attitude was that of serving the Lord. I'll deal with that a little more in a minute. But... If it's possible to serve the Lord in your spirit, then it stands to reason that you can also pray to the Lord in your spirit as well. 
I can be praying to the Lord and someone be standing right beside me and they have absolutely no idea that I'm praying. When I'm preaching up here sometimes, y'all don't hear me praying, but in my spirit I'm praying. I'm saying, Lord, help me to say the right words. Help me to say something that will be a blessing to the people. Y'all never hear that, but the Lord does. And there are times when you may be in a situation and you're not really in a position to where you can pray out loud. But in your spirit, you say, Lord, I pray for that person, whatever the case. God hears that prayer. And Paul was praying in his spirit, and he prayed all the time. Go to John chapter 4. Verse 21, Jesus told the woman at the well, John 4, verse 21, Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, you know not what, but we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So not only can you pray in your spirit, but you can also worship the Lord in your spirit. See, a lot of Baptists have really got that down pat. We're good at worshiping the Lord. It's just praising the Lord that we have a problem with. With Brother James, what's the difference? Worship is an inward thing that goes on in your spirit. Praise is just an outward expression of what the Lord is doing inside. See, when you clap your hands, that's praise. It is an outward expression of the worship that's going on in your heart. When you say amen or glory to God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, that is an outward expression of praise. See, not all worship is praise, see. And we Baptists have got the worshiping part down pat. It's just the praising part that we've got a problem with. We need to be a little more verbal and a little more outward as far as our worship is concerned. In other words, we need to praise the Lord a little bit more than uh, we do. But we can praise and worship the Lord in our spirit any time and all the time. Now, think about that. You can praise and worship the Lord any time and all the time if we so choose to do so. And that's exactly what the Father, the Heavenly Father, is looking for. He seeketh such to worship Him. Now, I want you to think about that. God, of all the universe, who created everything, wants to spend time with you. And you and I, as a child of God, we should desire to spend some time with Him. Our very lifestyle should move from that of a ceremony to that of worshiping the Lord and praising the Lord and 
praying to the Lord, praying without ceasing, is what Paul said. All right, let's look at Romans 1 verse 9 again. For God is my witness. Only God knew about it. It was personal between the Apostle Paul and the Lord Jesus Christ. It should be personal with us as well. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit. This harks back up to verse 1 where Paul called himself a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before anyone can fulfill their calling and purpose in life. They must first become a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the greatest thing in the world. Serving the Lord is the greatest thing in the world. For the past several weeks, our Sunday morning messages has been dealing with that of being a servant of the Lord. Who is a wise and faithful servant? Serving the Lord, like I said, is the greatest thing in the world. And I know I've said this in those messages, but I don't know that we have this as far as the Romans study is concerned, so I'll share it with you again. So I know you've heard this before, so just clean your fingernails a few minutes while I I share it uh, with those of you that are listening to the Roman CDs now. There were times under the old Jewish economy where a person would go bankrupt and as a safety net they could put up one of their children a son or a daughter if they didn't have a son or daughter they could offer themselves as a slave as a servant until the debt was paid off or up to seven years whichever came first At the end of that seven-year period of time, or at the time that the debt was paid off, they were set free. They were free to go. But here's the thing. Sometimes a servant, a slave, would marry another servant under the master. And when the debt was paid, or that period of time had expired, they had a decision to make. They could go free and leave their husband or their wife, their spouse, Because the spouse was property of the master. If any children were born during that period of time, the children were property of the master. So when the time had expired, they would choose to be a servant of their master for life in order to keep the family together. And that was allowed. And if they so chose to do that, they would go to the, the doorpost and the master would bore a hole in that servant's ear. And it was a sign to the world out here that they had voluntarily uh, decided and chose to be a servant of their master. Now, that's one situation. This other situation, it didn't happen very often, but sometimes... Um, A slave or a servant would be set free, but they were treated so good while under the master's care. Their lifestyle was so much better than anything that they tried to do on their own. Their master treated them so well, they didn't want to go back out and try it again on their own. So they would voluntarily choose to be a servant 
for life. And they, again, would go to the doorpost and have their ear bored through with an awl. And the Apostle Paul said, I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. His lifestyle under the Lord Jesus Christ was so much better than anything that he ever tried to do on his own that he voluntarily chose to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the thing. Jesus made the statement to the church time and time again. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. A servant would do whatever his master asked of him to do. If you can't hear what the master is saying, you're not going to be very good at carrying out what he asked you to do. So you've got to have an ear. Have you given your ear to the Lord? And are you doing what he's asked you to do? See, the thing is, all of us want to stand before the Lord one day and hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But not everybody's going to hear that. As a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, he has placed us in a position over his household, which is the world out here. And our job as servants of the Lord is to give the meat of God's word which, as we have talked about on Sunday mornings, is the message of Jesus Christ in Him crucified. When you boil it all down, if you want to know what the story of the Bible is, it is the story of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He is the answer to the ills of mankind. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what you and I are supposed to be giving to the world out here. Are we faithful in doing that. A wise and a faithful servant will be doing just that. And if you can't preach and share that word, it is your responsibility as a servant of the Lord to support those who do. You support them with your prayer life. You support them with your finances. And that's what God considers to be a wise and faithful servant. Now, One of the ways of serving the Lord is by praying for others. And Paul said, without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. As we stated last week, Paul did not establish this church in Rome. He didn't know any of these folks. But yet, he was praying for them. That should tell us something. If Paul prayed for folks he didn't even know, how much more should you and I pray for people that we do know that are sitting right beside us in this church on Sunday mornings or on Wednesday night? As a servant of the Lord, we should pray for one another. All right. Romans 1 verse 10 Making request, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. Paul's been asking the Lord for an opportunity to go and minister to these people. Why? Why did Paul have such a desire to do this, especially when he didn't even know these people? 
To me, that's not normal. That's not a natural desire to have. I mean, if I know somebody, that'd be different. But Paul didn't know these people. I believe there was something supernatural at work. And I'm going to tell you what I think it was. Haven, if you will, go to Psalms chapter 37 and verse 4. Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Paul was delighted when he heard about the salvation of these Romans and how they had established a church. He was thanking the Lord for that, as we can see back up in verse 8. And while he was delighting himself in the Lord over this thing, I believe the Holy Spirit placed that desire in his heart. Now, Paul was a tent maker by trade. I imagine he's out there making one of his tents one day. Perhaps he's got some other people around helping him. And out of the blue, this thought, comes to mind about these new believers over in Rome that's just got saved and they've just formed a church. That thought comes to his mind. He starts praying to the Lord about it. The people standing right beside him, they never hear a word. They don't know anything about it. I imagine... Paul's asleep at night, and he wakes up in the middle of the night, and that thought comes to his mind, and he prays about it. He he prays himself to sleep over this thing. He couldn't shake it. It was on his mind constantly. Why? Because I believe the Holy Spirit placed that desire in his heart. That desire was so strong, he said there in verse 11, Romans 1 verse 11, he said, I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. The desire was strong, but he just didn't drop everything he was doing and go to Rome and start preaching the gospel. He prayed and sought the Lord about it first. Was this actually the will of God? Or was this something that just popped up in his mind that would be good to do? I believe it's the same thing with you and I today. Sometimes God puts a desire in our hearts. Sometimes a thought comes to mind that will just be a good thing to do. I guess my point is this. Don't just rush into things. Pray to the Lord about it and seek His face and find out what the Lord would have you to do. Sometimes the Lord places a desire in our hearts about a particular thing, but we don't have the big picture of what all the Lord wants to do. And we can make a mess of things if we jump too quick. Follow what I'm saying. Now, he talked about imparting unto them a spiritual gift. Some use this verse, and they say that Paul had the ability to 
lay hands on people and impart unto them one or more of the nine gifts of the Spirit listed in the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. There's no evidence in the Word of God that Paul had that ability. In fact, the Bible says that the gifts of the Spirit are given by the Holy Spirit and Him alone. He gives unto every man severally as He wills. Man has absolutely nothing to do with it. The gifts of the Spirit are given solely by the Spirit. The gift that Paul wanted to give to these Romans was the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. That was the gift that he wanted to give to them. It was the Word of God, and that's the only thing that can establish us or anyone else in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.